0: Good evening. Welcome to Left, Right and Centre. I'm Vishnu Shom. On the programme tonight, four cases of Omicron subvariant BF7. Apparently, the strain driving China's current surge of COVID cases have been detected in India so far. The first case of BF7 in India was detected in October by a Gujarat Biotechnology Research Centre. So far, there are four cases in all which have been reported across the country, Gujarat, Orissa, other areas as well. Today, There was a COVID review meeting chaired by the union health minister. Experts say although there is no overall increase in the COVID caseload, there is a need for contained surveillance to keep track of these emerging variants. COVID is back. I hate to say it. Hopefully it will not be very bad, but it is back. At the moment, there is no mask mandate. Doctors are saying get smart, start wearing a mask, get used to it once again, because it seems very likely that there will be a mask mandate going forward later on on the show fresh details of the tawang clash between indian and chinese soldiers after the publication of a detailed report in the australian strategic policy institute that shows the site where the clashes of the 9th of december this month took place also detail on how china were able to get to this area because of chinese road construction which is what our second discussion at 9:30 is all about the india china race to the boundary as both sides work to build infrastructure. What China has been doing is staggering, but India is catching up. Is it enough? That's the question. But first, um, our big focus, the big story today, once again, a worry about COVID, given what we are seeing in China, where reports suggest between a million to two million people may end up losing their lives in the next couple of months. There's a huge surge in China. What does it mean for India? Tanushri joins us for the latest. Firstly, Tanushri, are we headed in India to a mask mandate?
1: Well, Vishnu, as of now, it looks like that we are not the central government, very categorically said that uh, right now the situation is very much under the, under the control. In fact, four cases of BF7, as you rightly mentioned, which have been reported in India so far, good part is, best part is, is in fact, that three of those patients have completely recovered at home isolation. So somewhere uh, the government is saying, though, the, you know, med- health experts have been saying that this uh, virus, coronavirus, has no uh, pattern whatsoever. But right now the health experts are saying that looks like Our vaccines, our Indian vaccines, are very much working against uh, this virus, which is now driving the surge of cases in China. So no, uh, we are, looks like, as of now, fortunately enough, and let's hope so, that we are not heading towards a mask mandate. As of now, what the government is saying that we they are advising people to mask up only in crowded places, and especially senior citizens and people with comorbidities, and the status quo has to be maintained as far as the flight uh, restrictions are concerned. There are no, uh, there is no ban on the flight, on any International flight. There are no restrictions, no added new curbs which are put in place. Only the central government has advised people uh, to mask up in crowded places. Rest of uh, the states have been given, uh, you know, uh, uh, given uh, have been directed, in fact, by the central government to help, hold review meetings uh, at at an at a regu- at a very uh, regular interval. Also, the state governments, as we speak, Vishnu, uh, the Mr. Kejriwal is holding a review meeting in the national right. capital. So it's finally the states will be taking a call whether to make mask mandatory, whether to uh, put any sort of curb in place, but from the central government, no such uh, curb has been put in place. Only They have only advised people to mask up.
0: All right, thanks very much, uh, Tanushree. I suspect that's a story we're going to be tracking very closely in the days ahead. Joining us now, Dr. Rajiv Dasgupta, who is a member of the COVID Task Force, uh, Professor Srirad Reddy, Dr. Naresh Trehan, uh, Dr. Peter Hotez, he's an American health scientist, and Minesh Boria, resident of Shanghai, joins us as well. Uh, Dr. Dasgupta, Is there a real concern that um, this variant, which is spreading BA7, which is spreading across China, could have a big impact in India?
2: Thank you. It's uh, unlikely to have a very big impact uh, in terms of hospitalization or deaths, most likely. Uh, That's because we do have fairly high levels of immunity with a combination of natural infection, widespread natural infections, a lot of which would have been subclinical also. Uh, plus pretty high levels of vaccination uh, coverage. <laughs> what could be certainly possible uh, risk groups are elderly or those with other poor morbidity, but not vaccinated with a booster. We know that the booster uptake in our country is less, the third dose that is, is less than our, uh, about 30%. Right, And that could be the, the sort of uh, vulnerable uh, chink in the armor that we may have. But that would be for very specific uh, subgroups and not perhaps uh, for the population in general.
0: Uh, Professor Srinath Reddy, is it time to reevaluate where India stands as far as boosters are concerned? And in the case of those who have actually done uh, a third uh, vaccine, is it time to actually move on to yet another booster? In other words, a second booster? Well, we need to
3: evaluate the evidence as it emerges as to how effective the boosters are and secondly we must also recognize that in India apart from the two vaccine doses that people received a very large proportion of the population also had been exposed to different versions of the virus itself Mm -hmm. so they have had a natural infection which also acted as a booster in the sense that the combination of natural infection as well as the vaccination produced hybrid immunity some of which may be fading but some of which would be very much evident in the form of T-cell immunity still. I would entirely agree that elderly people and people with comorbidities who are very vulnerable should ideally get an additional booster to protect. But a general mass booster immunization mandate at the moment appears unwarranted till we study the dynamics of the virus, what are the types of variants that are moving around, what is the level of morbidity and mortality they are producing, and particularly observing what our own experience is going to be. Right. We should keep everything on the ready, but not necessarily shoot from the hip at the moment. Okay. Uh, Dr.
4: Peter Hotez, what do we know about BA.7, this Omicron variant? Uh, BF, BF7, it's, it's one of what I sometimes call one of the several Scrabble variants because they use high-value Scrabble letters like B and Q and X yeah. and F, BQ1, BQ1.1, XBB. now now BF7, and what you're seeing is different from previous waves. Previous waves, it was a single dominant variant. It was alpha or it was delta or it was Omicron BA1 or BA2. Now we're seeing kind of a hodgepodge of of these variants in most areas of the world, and it's hard to predict which one's going to accelerate over the other. My feeling is that India does have some vulnerability. While um, it it has been relatively well-vaccinated, um, and and there has been some breakthrough infections and and previous infections creating that hybrid immunity i think with these new scrabble variants unless you're boosted there is going to be some hospitalizations if if there's and and worse if there's a surge so i think that's what we really need to look at is is next generation boosting that includes something against ba5 and its subvariants so for instance we collaborated with uh, biological e to help yeah. Uh, produce Corby Vax, and now we're looking at the bivalent uh, booster version of that with them.
0: All right. Uh, Dr. Trehan, uh, what about other vaccines, for example, nasal vaccines? Bharat Biotech has come out with that. Uh, there are other groups which are also... Is that uh, an easy solution if you're looking for uh, an interim booster beyond what people have received?
5: So certainly the new vaccines, if they are designed, what we call bivalent vaccines... And they are actually effective against some of these uh, variants that are raising their head around the world. Of course, it will be very convenient and very helpful. The question basically is, it's not been used enough and we don't have enough field data to say whether it's going to be effective or not. So I think that there are several measures we need to take right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: First of all, we should we take this China experience seriously, because we paid a very heavy price the last time where we thought, you know, spread around the world. It hadn't come to India. There was a two month lag. So I think that we have to be very alert and watchful and say, what are the measures that we took the last time? And in a calibrated manner, as the evidence emerges, we should be able to escalate our defense mechanisms. So, one of the things that we are talking about is boosting, and the boosting itself, we don't know how effective it is going to be against BF7 or other variants. There are 10 kind of 10 variants floating around the world. But I think that we should watch it very carefully and then put the measures in, especially now international travel is one big thing. That's how it happened the last time. And maybe we should put the alert on that look out for symptoms, on anybody who's coming from anywhere in the world and and then check them at the airport, not necessarily testing them right now. Second thing is to make the public aware of the fact that, look, it's a real danger which is spreading not only in China, it is in Japan and in some European countries, it's in US. And the numbers you look at at these countries are not small. No, not at all. So, I don't think that we should be complacent. uh, But at the same time, like the government has said, you do... The uh, any detection of BF7 or other variants, you do the genome sequencing to know what the nature of the animal is and what graduated response we need to make towards that.
0: Minesh a resident of Shanghai, also with us. Minesh, could you give us an idea of what you've been seeing around you in a city as large as Shanghai? Uh, Is it genuinely as bad as it seems to be?
6: Yeah, frankly speaking, the situation is that every second person that we talk to has the infection. Uh Today, I was uh, driving at peak hour at nine o'clock in the morning, and basically the streets are empty, and you can tell that people are staying inside, people don't want to go out, and uh try to get infected. So yes, the effect is real. You can see it with the deliveries. The delivery guys were pretty regular and now the deliveries are getting delayed. You order food, it's getting delayed. The simple deliveries of uh necessities are getting delayed. So you can see that there is an impact. Uh airports are relatively empty. Uh railway stations are relatively empty. So yes, there is uh overall an impact of that. There is a uh, lines at the hospitals not crazy lines but you can see some lines at the hospitals too Uh, so yeah there is an impact and uh, nobody expected that as soon as china uh, let go of its regulations that we would have so many infections it feels like in the last uh, two years or so we kept everything closed up and people are did not get any immunity to any outside. Um, like India, everybody got immunized, because, like somebody was saying, uh, with the local variants, and that never happened for China. Right. Which they brings me Minesh, to my next earthquake. question.
0: Do you believe that you're getting enough information on how bad the situation actually is?
6: I mean, you know, in China, there is always going to be some information you're not going to get. But what I would say is the information that is necessary for me to take care of myself and my family as to what needs to be done, if we get infected or if we need some vaccination, if we need medication. I think we're getting that information, at least in big cities like Shanghai, that information is available. Uh, It might be different in rural areas, it might be uh, difficult in some parts of the country, but at least I don't think that's an issue in uh, big cities.
0: Okay. Um, Dr. Hotez, air travel around the world, from China, obviously, do we now need to get desperate? Should it be shut down? Or is it too late?
4: Well, you know, I've not been very impressed with uh, the impact of air travel. For instance, at the start of the pandemic, we put a lot of emphasis on shutting down Air travel from China, and by then the virus had entered New York City surreptitiously from southern europe and it was the the pandemic had already started in the united states and so uh, so far, the track record of travel restrictions, unless you 're in very isolated island areas, has not been very successful so i, I on that you know i don 't know the particular situation between China and India, but that 's in generally speaking no i 've not seen. Bene- benefits of, of travel restrictions more of a downside.
0: Dr. Dasgupta. Um, you know, your, your view of what's happening in China, and my specific question is this, is there a sense, and I know that China has faced some certain challenges in terms of vaccination, but do you believe that it is the quality of the vaccines themselves, uh, you know, which one needs to look at carefully? Are they as efficacious as, for example, uh, Covaxin or Covishield, which most Indians have received?
2: I think what the Omicron uh, experience bears out as far as the Indian situation goes is that the vaccines we have used have been pretty effective, uh, with the caveat that we also had pretty high natural infection rates. But what's uh, very specifically important about BF7 and some of the newer variants emerging is that they do have pretty high immune escape uh, properties, even in the face of those who have received three doses of vaccine plus had a natural infection, but again, uh, whether that will translate into very cat- catastrophic outcomes as far as India goes, unlikely because we are not uh, as as relatively immune naive as uh, as the Chinese population is, uh, which unfortunately is an outcome of uh, a very stringent zero COVID, followed by the dynamic zero COVID, and then. Uh, the, the final relaxation coming in the first week of December. That really is the sequence of events, uh, or the sequence of strategies, rather, uh, in China, which is not really the case for India.
0: Doctor Reddy, let's talk about the science of BA. Seven itself. Um, you know, we we faced our own horror stories in India with Delta, and we saw the millions of people in our country who lost their lives. Um, uh, is is BA. Seven different in its design uh, is it different in, um, in, in in its in the clinical outcomes in patients
3: well there are three things that you must look at any virus or a variant is it more infective is it more capable of escaping immunity whether vaccine acquired or in acquired through a natural infection and third most important of all is it very virulent in terms of producing severe illness and very adverse outcomes like hospitalization and intensive care and death. So far, Omicron globally has been reported to have relatively milder or less lethal outcomes than the Delta variant. Now, is that because of the protection offered by vaccination or by natural infection or the virus itself has adapted in order to coexist with us without decimating the human population Those are questions that we need to answer however whatever studies have been done show that penetration deeper into the lungs into the lower respiratory tract is not very high with different members of the omicron family so all that we can say is at the moment evidence suggests that omicron is not likely to be as lethal as delta however in a population like china where there has been really no major exposure to the virus in its natural form, where there are large number of elderly people who are unvaccinated, where hypertension and diabetes rates are very high. There is a huge vulnerable segment of that large population, which still could have adverse health outcomes. That may not necessarily be reflected in the Indian situation, right. but we still have to keep a watch on what is happening to the rates of hospitalization and death in China, and also see how our own cases are behaving. But the global experience is that Omicron's family behaves differently than Delta.
0: You know, Dr. Treyan, perhaps it's time for a lot of us, myself included, and as you know, we've done actually more than 100 programs over the last few years, so many with you. And we criticised the entire concept of herd immunity. We said that every single life is important and therefore it's not enough to say let's get everybody uh, natural immunity and those who survive will and those who perish will unfortunately perish. Um, A lot of us felt that that was not the way. A lot of us felt that perhaps we needed to do more lockdowns or something else needed to be done to distance people from each other. But the government actually decided that this policy of being relatively open from the onset, uh, other than uh, a couple of lockdowns, was the way forward. Uh, do you believe that, you know, in hindsight, hindsight, despite the fact that we did lose as many people as we did, uh, that it's that experience which might end up saving the lives of many more at this juncture?
5: So, you know, there were many lessons learned, Vishnu, from the last uh, wave, especially in the Delta And then now, you know, you look at it that traditionally or historically viruses, when they mutate, they become milder. They lose their virulence, although they may increase their infectivity. So more and more people would get infected. And we have seen that very clearly in the Omicron wave. Today, theres I don't think that there are any or very, very few patients in the hospital today in the whole country, although Omicron did affect a lot of people. So I we are hoping that it follows the, the historical event that all the mutations that follow may be more, may spread easily, but will be less virulent. Now, right. one of the things that I really want to caution in this whole thing is that let us not discount this virus, we know very little about it. We are only going by our experience, and as we, if we are watchful and we see any uh, uh, indication that there are there is uh, that there are spreads in even in small pockets, we must then react very quickly. We right. have the means to it, we have the experience, and we have the infrastructure for it now. Yeah. So I think that one, there is no need to panic right now, but it needs to be. Extremely watchful, and the government is putting some measures in already now. Whether international travel, you want to do random checking because we had what we had done was we had escalated in a manner, and then we de escalated in a manner. Yes, so that that we were quite quite successful in containing after the bad experience of the Delta wave. Sure, and I think that it is true that all the factors may play a role. That we have we have immunity, we have. The vaccines was effective, boosters to some degree, but we still need to be watchful, especially sure. for the older and vulnerable uh, population. Right. Don't go in crowded places without a mask. Do not say the mask is something of the past. Whenever you are doing some activities, like even maybe in flights, for your own protection, the government doesn't have to protect you. You can, you can protect your own self by by common sense. If you want to go see a movie, by all means do it. But you'll be sitting for three hours in a movie hall with uh, with a a, a thousand people. Yes, maybe you should mask at that time. So, avoid unnecessary crowds, avoid going to vulnerable places and see what happens in the near future. We will get some idea in the next few weeks which way we are going.
0: So, Dr. Dasgupta, that really does bring me to my last question. And um, it's this, you know, you, you rightly mentioned that there's a lot more to be done in India when it comes to boosting our population. We have an imminent threat upon us. Yeah? We don't know if it's going to be good, bad or ugly in a situation like this. Isn't it time to roll out boosters much more aggressively? Haven't we learned from the mistake perhaps that we made the first time around before Delta actually hit us by delaying the rollout of vaccines or not having it out? in the same pace as some some other countries. If we have the benefit of time now, why aren't we talking about rolling out vaccines as in the booster right away, as in let's buy and roll out, because we don't know, it might end up saving lives.
2: Well, uh, while while vaccines uh, or the availability of vaccines generate a whole lot of optimism, vaccination in a program or campaign mode is a much tougher game and it can't really be switched off and switched on overnight, quite literally. Uh, at the same time, India does have extremely strong fundamentals of the immunization program, and that's what has really served as well. Uh, what we need at this point to increase the uptake of boosters are very novel communication strategies and social mobilization strategies. Uh, this, If you rely simply on this care factor, that's that's going to last for a relatively short while, uh, unless we are really smart and clever about uh, communication and social mobilisation, the second thing, uh, as as all of us have been saying, that now that capacities are much stronger, uh, the role of the local, in in terms of district or the urban local bodies, the role of the local today is much stronger uh, in in terms of of uh, quality surveillance. And if if we if we are not really putting our heart into quality surveillance. Uh, then then we are going to miss the red flags. Right. But yes, vaccination is uh, sorry. Boostering is uh, certainly possible.
0: No, but I think that point you mentioned that you were talking about immunity, but it's almost as if people are immune to be scared of covid. It's it's become such a part of our lives. How do you actually get people to take boosters which are available in India? It really does need something smart and some sort of smart messaging. Because who knows how many lives that might end up saving. Look, gentlemen, I suspect we'll be back here talking about this. And that's sad. Uh, We were living through a relative period of calm as far as COVID is concerned in India. But let's hope that uh, we don't face too many bad consequences. But I think I take that message of, you know, being smart, wearing masks when required as the lesson perhaps of this program. Speaking to some of our finest experts there. But let's talk about China. China's COVID situation appears to be worsening rapidly, more evidence emerging via social media of how health infrastructure is collapsing.
7: COVID patients and dead bodies in the same space at this Beijing hospital in this 19-second video reportedly shot on Sunday and tweeted by Chinese-origin human rights activist Jennifer Zeng. A Chinese social media influencer tweeted this video, claiming it was posted to the Chinese microblogging site Weibo. It reportedly shows a crowd of COVID patients at a Beijing hospital ward on Monday. This social media video, reportedly from China's Hebei province, appears to show a mother and her babies down with fever, but stuck at home with no medicines and no ambulances available. Multiple social media videos from crematoriums across China, particularly capital Beijing, appear to show dozens of hearses queued outside each one of them.
8: So I'm very familiar
9: with this old photo, old videos, uh, and uh, now all these ones. I, I, as far as I can say, I've never seen these new ones
7: before. The Chinese government has not reacted to social media reports of the country's COVID chaos. And has only confirmed 7 deaths since COVID restrictions were lifted a fortnight ago. In the last 24 hours, officials have insisted the current variant in China is the less virulent Omicron.
1: But officials and
7: global health experts outside China are worried about how the COVID-19 surge in the country will hurt the global economy. Australian Foreign Minister Penny Wong arrived in Beijing early morning today for pre-scheduled trade talks and was greeted at the airport by officials in masks and airport staff in full PPE kits. This means no visible on-ground change in COVID protocol, despite the Chinese government claiming the COVID situation is normalising. Bureau Report, NDTV.
0: We're going to take a short break up after that our feature discussion this evening Well, we'll be looking at the situation on the line of actual control. More details on what happened in Tawang through maps which have been produced uh, in Australia by the Australian Strategy Policy Institute on the area where this took place and the fact that the Chinese had a road taking them close to the place where they clashed with Indian soldiers. We're talking about infrastructure. India and China, it is a race for infrastructure at the frontier. Can India catch up? Fresh details of the Tawang clash between Indian and Chinese soldiers after the publication of a detailed report in the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, ASPI, that shows the site where the clashes of the 9th of December happened in Arunachal Pradesh. Also, details on how China were able to get to this area because of Chinese road construction, which is what this discussion is really about. The India-China race to the boundary as both sides try and build infrastructure. What China has been doing is staggering. Can India catch up fast enough? Joining us, Brahma Chelani, Dr. Nasir Hussain of the Congress, Karuna Gopal of the BJP, former diplomat Casey Singh. We're also joined by Major General Sanjay Meston, a former Defence Attaché of India, somebody who served in that area. But let's uh, actually talk about the Tawang situation. Now, ASPI, that's a reputed Australian uh, group, which has actually looked at the developments over there, has come out with fantastic satellite imagery, uh, and they've actually had three-dimensional models of the terrain of the area. So let's uh, actually explain where this took place for us. Let's have this full screen. Now, you can see Arunachal Pradesh. Let's change to the approximate site of the clashes uh, in the next image. Uh, that's where it actually took place, um, the site of the clashes. And we're going to zoom in right there to that ridgeline, and this is where Aspis. Uh, study is really good because what you'll see now, if we change that image, is uh, looking from an Indian perspective onto China. This is a modification, our modification of what ASPI has come out with. We've marked the line of actual control uh, and you can see the Indian posts over there with our flags over there. These are posts atop a steep ridge and we are looking onto the Chinese side and you can see where the Chinese posts are. Those are marked in red. But let's flip the image to the opposite side. right? So now we are looking at India from the Chinese side. Those are the red dots which indicate Chinese posts. And what we've done is we have marked we have marked a road. That's a new sealed road which uh, ASPI has been able to identify, right? And it is through that road that Chinese soldiers were able to get into that area where Indian posts are located and clash with our soldiers. That clash took place in December this year, but also, and here's where we've got that video, uh, also of of that clash, the earlier clash, which is of October 2021. That took place, this is the video I'm talking about. Uh, Let's just uh, go back to the map for a second before we go back to this video. We'll come back to that video, but that clash, it is believed, took place on the extreme left of your screen over there, October 2021, but the clash this month took place likely in those two areas to its east, uh, which are marked in red. But again, the clashes themselves, extremely violent. Let's roll that image of the earlier clash, because the video of the clash in December hasn't been released. So this is the same area, right? And the extreme left is where these clashes of a year back took place. Indian soldiers, as you can see, getting these Chinese soldiers out of an Indian post, they are being beaten, melee weapons are being used, and the Chinese are forced to return to their territory. So, to explain this simply, what you're seeing in that video is Indian territory, obviously, on the right, and the Chinese are going back across the line of control. They've been pushed back onto their side of the line of actual control. And if you, again, let's have that up full screen, uh, it, just to give you an idea uh, of the terrain of the land. Let's have that video up full screen so that our viewers can actually gauge the terrain that we are talking about. This is extremely steep. It's on a ridgeline. It's atop a ridgeline where these clashes took place. Now, the key point that I was actually mentioning is the Chinese got there because of the road that we showed you. What the Chinese have been doing is they've been building up in several areas along the line of actual control. Most of these are on their side of the line of actual control, what we call the Makmahon line in Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, but as NDTV has, has reported, and we'll bring you those images later on, they've also constructed on our side of the Makmahun line, perhaps between the line of actual control, which the Indian Army mans, and the Makmahon line, which we see as a boundary, the area in between, square the Indian Territory, let's not be confused. But the red dots are all of the areas along the LAC, where the Chinese have built up. So those uh, images that you can now see, and we'll stick to this as the last set of images for now. Uh, Just examples. Let's keep flicking through these images. This is an image of near the Tawang area, in fact, near Bumla, in fact, uh, not too far away from there. Uh, An image of the 28th of November 2020 and earlier of February 2020. February 2020, as you can see, not much. And then, again, buildings are constructed. The Chinese construct... It, at a phenomenal pace uh, on the line of actual control. In fact, we can roll that next set of images as well, which actually show, and this was an NDTV report, two stories, two separate locations of Chinese villages, except these have been constructed within Indian territory in Arunachal Pradesh. All right, two separate areas. Um, so let's uh, introduce, uh, we've introduced our panel already. Um, let me come to Karuna Gopal first. Ma'am, um, The the Congress says that, look, there needs to be a serious discussion in Parliament on this. Just in the last few minutes, we've revealed so much about the situation on the line of actual control. Why why does the government desist from this? Uh,
10: Well, uh, Mr. Som, I'd like to say that uh, the discussion might actually be counterproductive for the simple reason that... uh, there could be a lot of disinformation, and it might actually put the entire country on a panic mode. For instance, you saw the satellite imagery now, but not many people actually understand uh, the country, China, and uh, the the leader that China has. For instance, in two thousand nineteen, at the World Economic Forum, President Xi went on talking about. Uh, collaboration humanity inclusivity and within months there yeah, we were
0: backstabbed. They were
10: attacking india we
0: were backstabbed. nobody exactly. nobody denies that ma'am i'm just saying exactly. why not talk about it in parliament how much territory so saying, have we lost what is india doing to counter that right it, it, it yeah. it's, it's it's a holistic discussion
10: so the, this discussion as i said uh, you know can be counterproductive in the sense not many people understand the nuances of uh, what china is like for instance, why 45 rounds of discussions right from 1960 have failed. And today, just to give one example, uh, today we saw many people burning the Chinese uh, goods. And people even today are questioning why have the imports gone up. Now, let me give you one example. Not many people really, including the the so-called stalwarts of the opposition party, understand that every country is dependent on China for imports. And just to give one example that almost China has a monopoly on rare earth metals, like something like 17 elements. That so you can't
0: stop that, is what you're saying?
10: Every, every right. country depends on it. Okay, so, so let me
0: let me get an answer to that. You made an important point. Dr. Nasir Hussain, would you like to respond to that? Two points. Firstly, it's not enough to say ban trade or whatever it is with China. And the second point, uh, which has been made, is that there are certain nuances which parliamentarians perhaps may not understand. Do any of these work for you, sir, as explanations? Uh,
11: Vishnu, I think uh, there are two, three uh, uh, points which uh, every uh, panelist needs to understand. One, it is not that there, there, there are no precedents about discussion in the parliament when there was then when there were scuffles, when there were wars, when there were, uh, 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 when there were disputes on the border. It has happened. Not one, on more than many, uh, on, on more number of occasions discussions have taken place in the parliament. The government is not coming clean on this issue. The government is not informing the parliament. The government is not informing the, uh, informing the political parties as to what is happening on the borders. Nobody knows. Now, in the last few minutes, you have you have actually shown what is happening on the borders. so, my question again on your TV a couple of days back was has the political leadership of our country failed? has the diplomatic has the diplomacy of this particular government failed despite the jula diplomacy despite uh, the the, the, the Jhappi diplomacy, the Chinese troops are building up On our border, there are reports that they have occupied more than thousand kilometers of our land. There are reports that the bridges have been constructed. There are reports that villages have been constructed. Tall towers are erected. P.L.A. Subdivisional office has been constructed. So we want to know the truth. What is it all about? Why is this government hesitant to have discussion? Okay, Okay. don't have a discussion. Parliament, why don't you call a all party meeting and and inform them as to what is happening? Okay. See, ultimately. Uh, Ultimately, all the members of parliament are the elected representatives who have been elected by the people of the country. All right, so you you deserve an answer. I take that point. Let me go across. Got it, sir.
0: Got it, it, sir. Let me go across to K.C. Singh, Ambassador K.C. Singh. Uh, And as we do that, what I'd also like to do, because it's important to show balance, is that it's not a one-sided picture of just what the Chinese are doing. Let's have images of what India is doing to build up infrastructure. So let's have... Images over here, Um, and let's have this up full frame for a moment before I go to the ambassador. These are bridges that India has actually built in Ladakh. Uh, This is um, the the Shok River. This is, I believe, in Arunachal Pradesh elsewhere. Um, In fact, there has been considerable Indian infrastructure build-up, uh, which is taking place, Umlingla in Ladakh, the highest motorable road in the world, has also been constructed. And let's keep circulating these images. Ambassador, We may have been, this is the Sela tunnel that's being constructed in Arunachal Pradesh, not very far from where these clashes have now taken place. Ambassador KC Singh, this is now taking place. Um, It couldn't have come a day too late. Do you believe that this is something India should have started doing, not five or six years later, but perhaps two decades back, that it's not Congress versus BJP, it's the lack of foresight by our entire political class, which is uh, which needs to be blamed for the mess that we are in right now?
12: Uh, Vishnu, I think one of the I still remember we had a post-62 syndrome, uh, where it was felt that if you provide connectivity up to the LAC, you may facilitate Chinese entry. Yes. Now this was this was a thought process in the 70s that your best defence is if you do not have the infrastructure from LAC leading into India, otherwise you'll have a repeat of 62. Now, that was very defensive thinking, but that changed many, many decades ago. Even when I was in service as additional secretary, I remember, Shamsan was foreign secretary. uh, There was a serious discussion on the number of roads that we need to build. There was a China study group which gave a paper on this, on the number of new roads that we need in Arunachal and other, other places. I'm talking of 2007. So this was 15 years ago. Now, roads you can't build overnight. And the other problem is that the Chinese resist it. Chinese resent it. They know they have built up their infrastructure. They treat any building of infrastructure by you as an unfriendly act. So it's not like you can straight away go there and start building. There are strategic implications. That doesn't mean you don't build. But it means that there that is a difficulty of doing it. The terrain is difficult. Your antagonist is difficult who wants to re- keep you at your current level of connectivity doesn't want you to be able to do it. And the governments have been doing it. I don't see why BJP is defensive about it. They can come, a debate in any parliament uh, strengthens the hand of the government. Sure. Because the government can say, this is what the people of India want. This is what the opposition want. So instead of defying the opposition and pretending, look, nobody has a monopoly on nationalism. Now, if you think that, no, I'll become less, less nationalistic if I'm criticized, that is not so. Uh, I think all parties need to come together. They can come together. And the prime minister has the skill set. Instead of opposing discussion, if he sits down with them and harnesses the energy, that strengthens you. And that is a weakness that China has. We don't know what the Chinese people want. After all, China also whips up hyper-nationalism. We don't know whether the new events that we are just seeing are, because they knew the COVID outbreak will be there. Are they creating a distraction? Or in any case, it is a strategic approach of theirs, always trying to
0: nibble away, uh, slowly improve their position in okay. the LAC and nibble away. Got it. So Ambassador that is a Singh, known factor. Sure. Ambassador Singh, let me put that across uh, to Professor Victor Gao. Professor Gao, um, the expectation here in India is that China goes back to areas uh, pre the tensions of 2020, right? Whether it is in Arunachal Pradesh uh, in the east or certainly Ladakh, in the northwest of 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 Arunachal Pradesh, consider is that something which will never take place, or is, is India expecting too much?
13: Thank you very much for having me. You know for sure that China has fourteen land neighboring countries. China signed the border treaties with four, uh, twelve of them. Only India and Bhutan have not yet signed the border treaties. Yeah, that's because with
0: Bhutan hasn't been given that's much of a chance to sign, point. sir.
13: Respectfully, you've invaded a part of their country. Indeed, there are border uh, disputes between China and India, and the border disputes can only be solved through peaceful negotiations and diplomacy. It cannot be solved by war or military conflict between China and India. After all, China and India are the two largest populations in the world. It is completely illogical to think that the Chinese people and the Indian people should fight a war against each other. And what will be the global consequences of a war between China so will be horrific, and India?
0: It would be horrific, sir. But Professor Gao, I, and I'm only interrupting you because we've got a big panel and a short amount of time. You haven't answered my question respectfully. My question is this. Will China go back to the positions that it occupied pre-2020?
13: Listen... The border issues and the line of actual control are very complicated between China and India. And engagement with each other, negotiation with each other are the only right way forward. And in this context, try to avoid nationalization of the issues or sensationalization of the issues will be crucially important. In China, nobody is talking about the border disputes right now as projected uh, or depicted in India. There is only one Chinese spokesperson at the foreign ministry. And she answered that yes. issue as a response to a question raised. China is very busy with many other things. And we do not want to see right. flaring is China is, is so busy China, with China, other Indian things.
0: And, 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 and Professor Gao, obviously you face a health issue right now. Economic growth is paramount for India as it mm. is for China. Why don't you just go back and let things resume why two years later are we still having this conversation
13: i think the best way is to go back to the negotiation table between china and india we've had 14 plus let, rounds of talks let sir there have been it. dozens
0: of rounds you know that i know that and they've not gotten to that situation and we can keep saying let there be peace we can keep saying let there be talks we've been doing this for years sir But it's not achieved the outcome. So my question remains, India wants normalization on the basis of your country moving back to pre-2020. And you just don't want to do that, sir. So my question is, will you do that at all? Or shall we here in India, forget about that?
13: Listen, I think China-Indian border issues date back not to 2020, but to many, many decades ago. And after all, the border disputes between China and India are not created by either China or India. This is very important. Allow me to emphasize this point. It was created by the British Indian Empire. Therefore, neither China nor India today should be held hostage to the geopolitical well, ambitions sir, most of respectfully the British Indian are, Empire.
0: are being held hostage by Chinese soldiers on Indian Territory. And by no, all means, no. talk
13: about fixing there the border no dispute, border but talk about fixing China the dispute at on the basis of pre no 2020 positions between China and India at all. Therefore, what you claim to be Indian territory may not be the realistic situation okay. on the ground.
0: All right. So the one second, second. let me get, move across to my other panelists. But I welcome your views, sir. On this program, we discuss all views and we welcome your perspective as well. Disagree, but certainly welcome. Uh, Dr. Brahma Chilani, you you know, know, uh, Professor Gao represents and, and speaks obviously for the Chinese perspective. To me, it appears that it's a lost cause, that we can keep talking about the need to talk. But two years later, in effect, there's very little which has been achieved.
9: Vishnu, we should not forget the circumstances in which the encroachments of April 2020 occurred. Because the present crisis is a result of China's encroachments of April 2020. Those encroachments happened while India was preoccupied, battling the China-originating COVID virus. India was enforcing the world's strictest national lockdown. And that's when China took advantage of India's preoccupation to take India by surprise. But to go back to the question that you were debating about infrastructure. Let's be clear on one thing. The speed and scale with which China is redrawing facts on the ground without firing a single shot are astounding. This bulletless aggression is based on first mover advantage. But infrastructure is only one aspect through which China is mounting a growing threat against India. The fact is that China is waging unrestricted warfare against India, but below the threshold of armed conflict. Its unrestricted warfare is actually irregular warfare that is largely centered on Himalayan salami tactics. India is not doing anything of this kind. India is not waging irregular warfare against China. India is not engaged in salami slicing. So infrastructure is important, but let's not forget that It is China's shadowy expansionism in the Himalayas, which poses a growing challenge for India. Each time, the Chinese choose the time and place to take the Indians by surprise. It's good that the Indian troops quickly repulse the latest Chinese incursion into the 16,000-foot Yangtze area in Tawang. But to advance China's expansionism, the PLA has to be lucky just once for every 10 incursions it makes. So the time has come for India to recalibrate its deterrence against China. Right. India's deterrence against China isn't working. Had it been working, we wouldn't have witnessed the latest Chinese incursion sure. to capture Yangtze.
0: Sure. I just want to go across to General Meston, who's actually served in that area. General Meston, the infrastructure that India is building now, whether it's roads, um, bridges, tunnels, how significant are these in Arunachal Pradesh To surge Indian soldiers right up to the front line should that be required because as as a soldier yourself, you'd know that that is something that's never really been there in Arunachal Pradesh the way it needed to be. Uh, Vishnu, I do
8: agree. And uh, coming on to infrastructure, uh, see, firstly, what all is involved in infrastructure, one is, of course, roads, tracks, bridges from, I would say, the foothills right up to the watershed which we have just uh, seen in the photograph. The Indian Army is occupying the entire watershed along the Arunachal Pradesh on dominating heights. Second is the permanent defenses, bunkers to fight over there. And third is the logistic basis. And of course, uh, fourth is the infra, uh, sorry, the habitation where the troops have to be lodged over there. Now, in all these fronts, starting from uh, the roads and tracks, uh, as on date, there are seven valleys uh, which all axial Tracks have been constructed, roads are being constructed and they are reaching right up to the forwardmost post. So actually we are not connected very well. Now coming on to the lateral connectivity because lateral connectivity, inter-valley connectivity is required and therefore uh, we have uh, the Trans Arunachal Highway yes. uh, at the foothills which has been completed. Now also there is a proposal for the frontier highway which is going to be about 100 kilometers from the line of actual control uh, to uh, have this uh, lateral movement. Uh, So, therefore, now bridges, etc., is also uh, good quality bridges are being constructed. But yet, there is a caution because the mountains in our area are highly fragile, and the working season is just about three, maximum four months because the rains are the biggest enemy there in uh, maintenance of these roads. So, sometimes bridges, culverts keep getting washed. Secondly, coming on to the permanent defenses and bunkers. Now, I would be very candid. As on date, or along the entire watershed, first year of defenses, we have 100% permanent defenses to fight from bunkers. On the Chinese side, I would say practically it is negligible. Your photograph also highlights very clearly. We are sitting on the dominating ridges. The Chinese thereafter is on the lower uh, ridge. In fact, there is a valley and they are on the other side. And there is so a, a village
0: are, which so they the build picture. where they are They are sitting, Yeah.
8: Yeah. So, we are observing them both by fire and observation. So, that gives us a lot of advantage. Sure. 30, uh, coming on to the logistic bases, we have been again having logistic bases in the last 20-30 years for storage of ammunition, etc. and even habitation. So, I take that point, General.
0: I take that point and I'm interrupting because I've, I need to wrap this up. That India does sit by and large in many areas on the ridgelines. But obviously, to support our soldiers on the ridgeline is where infrastructure roads and bridges comes in. And there is a big effort now. It has to be said it's nowhere close to what China is doing, but perhaps that needs to be changed and changed fast. I'd like to thank you all very much for being with us.